message. I just like, I still can't process it. I'm like, what? How did I get duped into thinking that was the real thing? Because now this feels like the real thing. Welcome to Thin Places. I'm Father Coral Adair, the Assistant Rector of Zion Episcopal Church in Douglaston, Queens. On this season of the podcast, we're sharing stories about thin places in time. Stories of people who step across a threshold into a new chapter of their lives. And then, when they look back through that doorway, their past has a different shape than they'd thought. For Katie Dean, the threshold was falling in love. Falling in love with a man named Ed, just as Katie's marriage of 43 years was collapsing. That marriage couldn't survive Katie getting sober. It couldn't be sustained after Katie got in touch with the God of her own understanding. There was Ed, with his sparkling blue eyes and the grounded wisdom he'd gained in his own journey. And Katie was drawn forward by that love into who she really is. It's just a delight to hear Katie talk. She's a great storyteller, and she's gained some hard-won perspective and wisdom on herself and her history. One piece of context that might be helpful to listeners. Throughout her marriage, Katie and her former husband were part of a small and very dedicated religious community that put Jesus at the center, but which also believed that the law laid out in the Hebrew Bible was still very much binding. So you'll hear a bit about the importance of keeping Sabbath beginning on Friday night. And you'll hear about how Katie's understanding of God has changed as her heart has been opened and bound up and healed by love. My name is Katie Dean. (laughs) As a small child, I was terrified of life and curious about life. I was running away from ugly scenes and hiding, um, trying to be good enough to be loved. And uh, eventually I tried marriage as a way to fix my dreadful loneliness and insecurity. And lo and behold, it was very painful in the end. And uh, I started drinking a lot. And then I got sober. And that was the moment that I surrendered to my God was the moment my life started to change. I cried out from the deepest place in my heart, God help me, and he does help me. So so the very first time I walked into an AA meeting, I was terrified, as most newcomers are. And as I was leaving, this um, gentle, tall man came alongside me in the hall and said, keep coming back. You'll like it here. There's a lot of older people here. <laughs> and I looked at him and I said, who are you calling old? <laughs> and uh, after that, uh, there was a lot of eye contact in the meetings between us. Like He'd be across the room from me and I saw those sparkling blue eyes just looking at me and almost um, piercing my soul somehow. I, I, could, I was scared of it, but I was drawn to what was going on with that man. And I was married to someone else and who had blue eyes that were quite dull by that point, I'm sorry to say. The moment that I realized I had fallen in love, impossibly deeply in love with this man, 
I fell to my knees in, in the shower at, at my married home and I wept because I didn't know what was coming. I didn't know how this was going to work. I, I just knew something had to change and I couldn't stay in my marriage. It just happened. I was just thinking, oh no, what am I going to do now? I made it clear, I think, in a meeting that um, my marriage was in big trouble because my then husband was exerting his power to keep me from uh, getting well. He was um, accusing me of joining a cult and getting brainwashed and dipping into evil things and telling me I was going to too many meetings. I was only going to four a week. I wanted to go to more. My dear ex-husband made it so easy for me to leave him, and he had no idea. Um, it was the day that he said to me, there's this phrase in the, the book Alcoholics Anonymous, um, the God of our own understanding. And my husband saw that phrase, and he pointed his finger at me, and he said, come on, what is this, the God of your own understanding? And in that moment, I was like, oh, I get it. <laughs> As long as I have the God of his understanding, I don't rock the boat, everything's fine. But I'm not allowed to have the God of my own understanding. And uh, I just had to back out of that marriage with a smile. But then, I, then uh, Ed is very different to me. He's someone who actually um, let me know that his intentions are to let me grow into who I am. And he's had this journey himself. And as he revealed more of his history to me, I was really humbled by him and the work that he has done to draw close to his creator. Um, so very different from my my marriage, I just like, I still can't process it. <laughs> like, what? How did I get duped into thinking that was the real thing? Because now this feels like the real thing. Um, it has often occurred to me that the reason I am drawn to this man is that he shines the love of God. That's what's, that's what's behind the sparkle in his blue eyes in my mind. That's what I see. Um... You know, I think we all can only learn about God by our interactions with other people. So the way I let myself be treated um, in my marriage was sort of this bargain um, I made somehow. If I make myself miserable enough, then I will be good enough. I will have suffered enough to be loved. But it doesn't really work that way. The God of my understanding was that I was just a wife. I was to be in submission. And my opinion, oh, yes, I'm free to state my opinion, but my opinion doesn't matter because it's going to be his way no matter what. I didn't feel safe. I didn't feel protected. I didn't feel loved. 
Um, and so I transferred all of those feelings to this God. I, I understood, you know, wait, I'm working really hard. I'm working so hard to be saved. I'm keeping all the commandments. I, I don't eat pork. I, I, don't, I don't worship on Sunday. I do Sabbath. I, I, oh, when the sun goes down, yes, I'm, I'm done sweeping my floor. But then, you know, you can never be done. You're always doing something on the Sabbath. <laughs> you know, the fourth commandment says, neither your manservant or your maidservant, your ox, your cattle, or the stranger within your gates, but it doesn't say the wife. The wife can keep working, I guess. <laughs> there was always a reason. There was always some point at which I was less than good enough. I was always failing somewhere. Oh, that casserole should have been out of the oven before the sun went down. Oh, you didn't light the candle on time. Um, we got to do better, you know. We, and, and it was all somehow very subtle, which was really hard to, for me to see until I left. It was very hard to see. It was not a God that I wanted to draw close to. It was not a God I trusted. That's the bottom line. I didn't trust my husband to be good to me, and I didn't trust this God that I was supposedly serving. Since leaving, I've learned something really important about forgiveness, and that doesn't mean you just sweep it under the rug and pretend it didn't happen. It means you have to look at it with somebody, and you don't have to accept being mistreated. once, And you can still forgive. So I felt mistreated very often. Um, but I, I, I kept thinking, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. Well, when the children are grown, it'll be, it'll be better. It'll be better. When I get sober, it'll be better. And uh, it, does, it didn't work like that. Oh, what would I say to myself? 20 years? Oh, my goodness. I might say something really, really um, <laughs> like, uh, what are you doing? Don't you know you're worth more? But in the end, you know, you do what you do. I, I think I stayed as long as I possibly could, and I left as soon as I possibly could. I have to say, the day that I caught myself smiling unexpectedly, I was baffled. I was about three years sober, and I was in my dad's kitchen, and I had this feeling that I couldn't identify, and I realized, oh, I'm happy. What a sad state of affairs when you're feeling happy and it's a foreign feeling. So that comes to me much more often now. Even though I could laugh and pretend everything was fine way back then when I was putting up the big mask of, yes, I'm senior deaconess. Yes, I wrote a song. Yes, I can sing harmony. Yes, I'm good. Yes, you can stay at my house. Yes, yes. Go away. Leave me alone. I'm so miserable inside. Um, I'm not at now. I'm really happy. So yeah, I'm growing and I'm, I'm healing. I woke up thinking this morning um, about a date, quotes around that, that we had. I, I Early in our relationship, um, he wanted to show me a, a lake that is nearby his house. And so we went for a walk and it was just so wonderful to hold hands and and walk in the woods and he walked at my pace and he didn't walk 10 feet ahead of me and um he was he's thoughtful you know and and mindful and present so part of this walk involved getting into some mucky places around the 
lake edge and I had nice shoes on so I took my shoes off and I was barefoot and then when we started heading back to the car I sat down on a stump to um to to wipe my feet off and 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 he knelt down in front of me and he washed my feet you know I mean I mean he just did it and I was deeply touched by that um he 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 awestruck me <laughs> I tried so hard to not look at this guy to not listen to him to not be with him to not pay attention to him and I could not keep myself from falling in love it was just the most wonderful dreadful thing that's ever happened to me I I've I'm 71 I've never fallen in love with anyone the way I fell in love with Ed um it just still amazes me after five years Sometimes love draws us across a threshold in our lives, and as Katie says, it's the most wonderful, most dreadful thing that's ever happened to us. Because now that we've tasted the real thing, we can't go back. We've found a way out of a situation that hasn't been working for a while, and while it's undeniably exciting, there's also lots of stuff to grieve. Coming to know real love is rarely like a Hallmark movie. The truth of it, the rightness of it, can stir up grief or pain for all the time and energy we've spent chasing after something that wasn't as real, as true, as right as this. So in closing, I want to offer one extra bit of wisdom that Katie has for us about how to welcome those complicated feelings of grief or pain or loss that can come up. So um, the trick is, I just will take some breaths and I'll let myself feel it. And sometimes I have to go away and cry somewhere and sometimes it just passes and I'm okay and I'll just like keep putting one foot in front of the next and here we go. Here we go. Thanks so much to Katie Dean for sharing her love story and herself and her wisdom. Thin Places is a podcast experiment from Zion Episcopal Church in Douglaston, Queens, produced by me, Father Carl Adair. Our music is by Nick Marcella. We'll be back with another story of a thin place in time in two weeks. Until then, peace be with you.